for joining us for another Joy Valley podcast. Joy Valley is having conversations with Christian ministries in Kansas City that are focused on trauma and emotional healing. In this podcast, you will discover the many Christian ministries that have partnered with Jesus to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim freedom for those who are captive in Kansas City. Wow, I had a great conversation with Kim Jones. I met Kim about six years ago. Since her salvation in 1987, she has been on an incredible journey with God. Kim has served in trauma and emotional healing with many ministries. She is a true resource for people. In fact, when I was stuck, she was able to direct me to the right ministry. In our conversation, I learned about Restoration Pathways, a ministry for women which Kim founded in 2020. We discussed some of the highlights from her testimony. I learned more about the different parts of a person's healing journey. And Kim also shared some great insights on the Kansas City healing scene. Here is my conversation with Kim Jones. I've recently had the opportunity of you know listening to your testimony uh, interview, and, and there's a few things that I, I saw about it that were just really cool, and I just wanted to bring those up. And so um, one of the things that that I noticed that really your, your testimony uh, made clear to me was that it's not simple. It's really not simple. And um, in particular, um, my, my note here, it says many lies. There are many lies that contributed to a misled belief in, in who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. There are many lies that if you find yourself into a, a, a point in your life where you're maybe not on the right track, uh, there's many lies that led you there. It's not simple. And so one of the things I wanted to bring up was your your um, uh, analogy of an onion. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan, for bringing that up. I appreciate that. Yeah, what, definitely one thing I learned in my own healing journey is healing is not simple. Like you said, there's many lies, there's inner vows, there's shame, there's lack of maturity, there's attachment issues, there's a variety of things. Um, and so, yeah, years ago, I embarked on a mission, which was to replace the onion layer analogy with the analogy of a plate of spaghetti noodles. So anybody who's been around uh, healing for a while has probably heard the metaphor of healing is like the peeling of an onion, like one layer at a time. Well, that's what I heard and was taught in the beginning, too. And basically, it is not true, Nathan. <laughs> it, that analogy, when you picture an onion and you picture taking off a layer at a time, it makes the healing process seem simple. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll take yeah. off one layer, then another. Like, when I first started a, a support group in 91, I came in and I was convinced that I'll take two months to work on my issues with my bio dad. So that's one layer. I'll take two months to work on my mother issues. That'll be another layer. Two months to work on my stepdad issues. That'll be another layer. Needless to say, it did not work out that way. Uh, And it took way more than six months. So my new picture, my mission now, is that picture, that metaphor. Just picture a plate of spaghetti noodles and all those noodles you know they they stick together they're all mushed together and that really is more what the healing journey is like because those lies the vows the shames the attachment issues they really are all kind of mixed together 
And so it's not this linear, clean process. There's another thing you you, you said in there, and I just thought, I I laughed myself. You said, uh, uh, I got saved in, uh, or I came to know Christ in 1987, and then after that, everything was perfect. (laughs) 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 Or every, I didn't have any problems after that, and I was like, I just, we all know. Absolutely. Yeah, that conference that I speak at, that's typically kind of my my running joke. I spend about 10, maybe 15 minutes in the beginning of my talk just sharing about my childhood and some of the trauma and abuse that happened there. And then what I struggled with, with the shame, uh, struggled with my sexuality, struggled mm-hmm. with same-sex attraction, self-hatred, all these things I struggled with. And like I said, 10, 15 minutes, then I get to the point in 1987, that's when I was saved and came to know the Lord. So I guess we can take a break now because everything was fine after that. And it all, you know, it always gets a big laugh because yes. people know that just isn't the way that it happened. It was huge. I mean, I say when I got saved, I got saved. I really did. So it was a huge transition. I mean, just night and day, no question about it. But it was, it was years working through the lies and the shame and all those things. So I have never struggled with um, with same-sex attraction. I'm kind of naive on this subject, and so I was listening to your testimony, and and it was just a really big eye-opener. You got to a point in your testimony where you actually said, you know, I know it wasn't right, but you said, but it made me feel whole. Yeah. Well, and it it's because it um, I had such a mother deficit, such a need yeah. uh, for to attach. Wow. to a female figure because my heart was just crying out for yeah. a female to fill in that hole in my soul yeah. that was a mother deficit. And so when I entered into whether it was just emotional enmeshment with a woman or a sexual relationship with a woman, that's why it felt whole and it felt right because it kind of fit right into that big mother deficit hole that was in my soul. And yeah, it felt right, and I felt whole, and it uh, definitely minimized immensely that uh, separation anxiety I struggled with uh, that was so strong in me from abandonment issues. And so that, because sometimes for some people, you know, everybody's story is certainly different, um, but for a lot of people who struggle with same-sex attraction, uh, when they have their first sexual relationship— that's why so many people say I was born that way, because it can feel like now I'm complete, now I'm whole. Therefore, I must be gay. Therefore, I must have been born this way. I remember this specific um, uh, part of your testimony where you were talking about Colossians. Yeah. You're talking about Colossians, and, and, and you said that God just took you into like a short, you know, 45 second like vision or a, or a, a thought that you were in a beautiful dress and it was yeah. how God saw you. And so I, I wrote it down. I was just trying to describe that moment because it was like God's invitation to a journey towards how he sees you. Yeah. So let me, I'd love to share that because this was definitely one of the most powerful experiences yeah. that I've had. So yeah, I was saved in 1987. I was 24 years old. And walking with the Lord for four four years, 1987 to 91. I think that's four, right? If I can still subtract. Uh, walking with the Lord 
uh, reading my Bible, going to church, being in small groups, et cetera, et cetera. But in 1991, God woke me up like five in the morning and had no need to be up at five in the morning. But I just, you know, sometimes you wake up and you just know it's God or you think maybe this is God. Anyway, so I get up and I just like, okay, God, here I am. You know, what do you want to do? And I just got, just got a sense to read Colossians. So I open my Bible. I'm reading Colossians. Nothing's happening. You know, quote, unquote, I'm not feeling anything. I'm like waiting for some word from God or something because it got me up at five in the morning. So I'm reading Colossians. Uh, nothing seems to be happening. And then I get to Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. And Nathan, when I... Well, when I read that passage, that verse, I mean, I just instantly just doubled over sobbing, just sobbing. And here's what that passage says, Uh, a little personalized. This is how I read it. God made me alive together with Christ, having forgiven me all my trespasses. He canceled the record of debt that stood against me with its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. And I just, I like I said, at the end of that verse, I'm just sobbing because it was the power of forgiveness. The power, it's like in that moment, he, God allowed me to experience the fullness of being forgiven and what that meant. Nothing, nothing stood against me. So in this moment, I'm sobbing <clears throat> and God just put this picture in my imagination. I wasn't trying to conjure up anything. It just appeared in my imagination. And it was so vivid, so detailed, and it was just beautiful. And the first thing I saw was just this beautiful ballroom, just beautiful. And in that ballroom, Jesus and I were dancing, you know, ballroom dancing. And, you know, Jesus was just so tender and loving. And I had this beautiful ballroom dress on, And I was moving just, you know, like I knew how to ballroom dance, you know, just moving with Jesus and just grace and um, just this comfortability with Jesus in that. But the thing that I felt in my being and what I saw in this vision and my imagination was that is the woman. That is who God created me to be. It was just this, literally that imagination, vision was 45 seconds or a minute. But in that, I knew that I knew that I knew that that was the woman God created me to be, and that's the woman that I wanted to be. And it was just so clear in that moment of, you know, all of the my masculine ways of thinking, my masculine ways of being, that was just protection. Me trying to protect my heart from ways that I had been wounded in the past. And it was just powerful. Took years to walk that out, but it was an anchor. That was just like a stake in the ground moment for me. One, just in in the recognition of wanting to be uh, that feminine woman that God created me to be, to walk in that. But the other thing that was a stake in the ground for me because of that was the power of God's forgiveness. I am convinced that one of the reasons Christians who are pursuing healing and they've been in the journey for maybe years, 
one of the reasons the hooks that still keep them bound is they've not fully received God's forgiveness. You know, in the church, we focus so much on confessing our sin. We rarely focus on receiving forgiveness. So as I'm working with people, that's just one of the things I'm passionate about is, you know, when you confess sin, we intentionally receive God's forgiveness. Speak that out loud. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me. Thank you that my sins are as far as from east as from west. Thank you that the righteousness of Jesus covers me. Receiving God's forgiveness, it, it, there's no way to overstate how important that is. And that's what, that's, that's what that verse in Colossians was. That was all about knowing I was forgiven and what a difference that made. You encounter something that you you need God to help you overcome. Then you go through the process, you know, if you, if you choose to, you go through the process to overcome that, whatever it is, and and to undo those choices and undo those lies. But then once you get on the other side of that, you know, and obviously your journey is continuing today and just continuing to be restored by God. But as you get through the process of that, you can turn around and you understand the whole situation. You've been down this road before so you can help others walk, right. walk out of those same situations. And, and it's very similar. The truths are true for, for every coping mechanism. These truths, what I was going to say, is that the healing process is similar. It is absolutely the same. For then. alcohol, drugs, <clears throat> religion, it, it doesn't, <clears throat> religious spirit, that's what I was meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, when you really boil it down for the majority of people. Yeah. So let's just talk about the majority of people. Um, and certainly the majority of people that are going to seek help uh, within the context of the local church or inner healing, emotional healing, ministries, whatnot – you can pretty much boil down the elements of the healing journey to, you know, maybe 8 to 12. I have never really counted, but um, key truths and concepts, such as receiving God's forgiveness, forgiving others, uh, which includes uh, judgments and bitterness that you need to renounce and ask God's forgiveness for. So receiving forgiveness, forgiving others, renouncing inner vows, Obviously, any ways you've given uh, the demonic access through occult activity, that type of thing, generational sin, uh, shame, and then depending on kind of specifically what your issues are, misogyny is, can be really important for people to renounce. Misogyny being the uh, hatred of the feminine or hatred of women, which is extremely common uh, with men and women who struggle with same-sex attraction, so a huge part of my journey. And, of course, replacing lies with truth. Oh, just... Ah, can't believe I forgot that one. I don't have a list. So I'm just kind of going off the top of my head here. Distorted concepts of God. Huge, huge. Early on in my journey, thankfully, I was exposed to uh, David Seaman's book, which dealt with distorted concepts of God. So we talked about that a lot in the ministry I was involved in in the early 90s. And it's huge to understand because it's how our relationship with our earthly father we basically, for the most part, like transfer that on to the face of God the Father. Technically, that would just be called transference. And I very much did that. So my father growing up, uh, 
you were first place or you were a loser. There's like no second place in my family. First place or a loser. Uh, I was raised to be really to be a perfectionist. If you do this, then I will love you. It was a very conditional love. If you do this, I will love you. So when I got saved, I, it's all kind of unconscious, right? In our subconscious, but I transferred my relationship with my earthly dad onto my heavenly father. So I was convinced God the Father was the same way. If you do X, Y, Z, then I will love you. Kim, you must be perfect. Then I will love you. And it was just deep in my psyche that God was that way. Uh, God the Father specifically. And even reading scripture, that was the filter that I read scripture through. And so an example of that was early on in my walk with God. I remember I was just walking in my neighborhood and uh, I was thinking about Psalms 139. You know, that's the one where David says, you know, if I go to the, the sea, you are there. If I go to the <clears throat> dark yes. side of the mountain, you are there. You know, he names all these places. Yeah. If I go here, God, you're with me. If I go here, you're with me. And I'm reading this psalm, thinking about it, and I'm feeling so sorry for David. Because <laughs> I'm like, this poor guy, he is trying to go all these different places <laughs> yeah. to, to get away from God. You know, he messed up. David screwed up. He's desperately trying to get away from God because to avoid God's punishment and all these things. And because that was my concept of God, that you do wrong, God's going to haunt you (laughs) and hunt you down to punish you. That was my view of the Father. And so obviously uh, that impacted my desire, my trusting of him and my intimacy with him. And so a huge part of my process, and for most people, a lot of their process, is allowing God to show them, pull back, point out those spaghetti noodles of where their view of him is distorted, and to replace that with the truth of who he is. So you brought up a really good point in that the David experience of, you know, I can't get away from you. If I go up, I go down. And then you said that, you know, you began to, because of, of your misunderstanding, you began to read that into scripture. Absolutely. It is a filter. And so all it I could see a filter. It right. does. And so it was like all I could see, I could not see God's grace and his mercy in scripture. All I could see is like, you know, 24 font, yeah. bold, underline. If you do this, yeah. then I'll love you. If you, I could just see the if thens and God's punishment. I could because I had no template. I had no template in my heart for grace and mercy. I could not see it. So early on, I honestly, I had to read multiple, what I would probably call now hyper grace kind of books, because I needed something on the extreme side of grace to just open my heart to God's love and to his grace. And, you know, he eventually kind of brought me back to that place where, where truth and grace yes. uh, both live. But early on, yeah, I just had to saturate myself with grace. Um, and that started to chip away at that filter where I could that's, see God's yeah. grace just even in Scripture. Like that's what you're saying is the filter. This is a yeah. filter over my eyes. It's the way I see mm-hmm. things. You know, I'm, I'm a fearful person, so everything's got to be scary. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know. One of my things, the phrases that I use a lot uh, is weed and seed. 
The Christian life is about weeding and seeding. Weeding and seeding. So weeding, taking out those lies, renouncing, yeah. putting off, you know, right. scripture language, putting off, but I call it weed and seed, uh, pulling out the weeds, the lies, yeah. etc., that which doesn't belong, and putting in the seeds of truth. And I think a lot of times in Christendom, we focus just on the seeds of truth. But if you have all those weeds in there, a lot of times it's very hard for those seeds to actually take root. And yeah. grow. So it's kind of that continuous cycle of weed and seed, or put off and put on, as Ephesians would say. What I also uh, encourage people is never go dumpster diving by yourself. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> do not try this at home. Do not go dumpster diving. That's allow- a really good analogy, too. <laughs> <laughs> allow the Holy Spirit, allow Jesus yes. to show you. And honestly, Nathan, this is why that spaghetti analogy really is important, yeah. because we don't know what God wants to work on. Wow. It is so intertwined. Only the Father knows, only the Holy Spirit, only Jesus can show us, Kim, this is a lie I'm putting my finger on. This is what I want to do in you right now. Um, when we go dumpster diving by ourselves, it just people can just get stuck in that cycle. And... Um, they just keep thinking, I found it, I found it, I found it, I found it, you know. And do it yourself. And do it yourself, do it yourself. yes. You know. No. Yeah. And we can find the problems a lot of times if we're dumpster diving by ourselves, but only God has a solution. I love and we need him to speak into that. I really like that analogy, dumpster diving. Don't go dumpster diving <laughs> by yourself. <laughs> do not try this at home. Kim, can you tell us a little bit about Restoration Pathways? What are the needs that your ministry focuses on? My, the tagline for Restoration Pathways is helping women receive healing, embrace integrity, and delight in God. It's kind of those three areas, emotional healing, sexual integrity, and most importantly, helping them in their intimacy with God. So I uh, have a couple specialty areas in helping women with uh, sexual addiction, type behaviors, uh, whether that's pornography, fantasy, kind of anything in that realm that you would consider sexual addiction, as well as a specialty area because of my own journey with addressing issues related to unwanted same-sex attraction. So those are my specialty areas. But in general, honestly, any woman who's just, uh, just struggling and seeking emotional healing, Definitely struggling if they're struggling in their relationship with God, connecting with Him, trusting Him, um, intimacy with Him. I'm a certified life coach, so I can do you know some of those more practical things as well. Uh, you know, like helping you establish goals in your life and helping you just with accountability and support accomplish some things in your life that you're wanting to accomplish. So, so your website is. Uh www.restorationpathways.com. And a lot of what you just talked about um, or just brought up there will be on the website. Correct. I've actually been there and I've seen you've done a really good job of laying out exactly what you were just talking about. So it's very clear if you'd like to to go there and explore more. Not only do you do Restoration Pathways, but you also do an extreme amount of of influencing, specifically in the Kansas City area, yeah. of inner heal of, of Trauma healing and emotional healing needs. I mean, really. I mean, yeah. I, I saw that at the at the thing she kept. Oh, I and mean, Kim started that, and Kim did this, and I'm like, oh lord. <laughs> yeah, when I, uh, I actually lived in Houston, Texas, uh, for about five years, moved here in 1991, and when I moved here in 91, got involved in a ministry called Second Chance Ministries, okay. which was a ministry specifically for uh, men and women mm-hmm. who were struggling with same sex attraction. Yeah. 
And so through that ministry, I was in that ministry for about 14 years. Probably around year seven is when I started leading that group and becoming a leader in that group. So we had a weekly support group that met every week, but we also taught Living Waters, uh, uh, which comes out of Desert Streams and Andrew Kaminsky, who's based here in Kansas City. And so basically through that experience with Second Chance, that's when I really started building a, getting to know more people in the Kansas City area uh, who were involved in inner healing and deliverance types of ministries. So yeah, so that just, I led in that for, like I said, seven years or so. And I just knew just from that experience, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, it just, leading groups especially, it just feels like this is what I was born to do. You know, yeah. I just, I kind of like Eric Little in the Chariots of Fire movie. Um, it's like when I'm leading groups or helping individuals, it's like, ah, it's when I feel God. You know, I feel this pleasure. I feel just I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So, yeah, I built up quite a network just through that ministry and then <clears throat> meeting others in the city. I love networking because I know that, one, I can't, I can't do it by myself. And I want, I've always wanted to know who in the city I can refer people to. Yeah. I've always wanted to learn from other people. Um, I am a 24 7, 365 student. I am always learning. I'm reading, I'm watching webinars. Uh, so I love learning that way and meeting people who can teach me uh, just new, new concepts and truths and tools. So, Kim, you know, you've been working in the trauma and emotional healing in Kansas City since the mid-90s. What is your take on the trauma and emotional healing need in Kansas City? Well, I tell you, it's I can't imagine a city that has more resources available. I honestly cannot. Um, over the years, I've met so many, you know, just incredible leaders of parachurch ministries, the resources are rich, and they're resources who've been doing this for a long time. And so one of the um, great things that Melissa Finger, Stephanie Hemman, and uh, Mike Jensen over at Freedom Fighters are doing, you know, is putting together their Trauma Healing Center, which will be kind of a one-stop shop, if you will, um, for helping people who need help find those resources in Kansas City. And the Sending Project as well, um, they have their resource, uh, KC Responds, which is also kind of a one-stop shop for a variety of needs, not just emotional healing, but things like a food pantry and stuff like that. So it's amazing to me the fact that we've got multiple ministries saying, hey, we need a one-stop shop because there's so much out there. Yes. That in itself tells you we have a lot. We really have a lot. So that's that's exciting. You know, part of the reason why I, I started this uh, podcast, you know, I, actually a big part of the reason why it was I heard, hey, there's a 60-plus um, emotional and trauma healing ministries wow. in Kansas City. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't even know a half of them or, or a quarter of who they are. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and if we interview people like you, get to know what you're doing. And I've been able to interview Steve Bartlett, uh, kind of see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, what? 
all what what is the what does the groundwork look like so that the body of Christ can who are in churches or outside of churches mm-hmm. who 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 would like need help just to, to offer them resources mm-hmm. and and then also realize that that the kingdom of God um the advancement in the trauma and emotional healing of the the body of Christ in Kansas City is happening. Mm-hmm. It's happening. It is. There's happening. a lot of people on the ground. I, that's amazing. It's amazing because it's not just you have the parachurch ministries becoming more connected with the local church, but what I'm also seeing is the Christian counselors as well, yeah. um, and all of that being more integrated with parachurch ministries, the professional therapist, and the local church. So when you get those three working together... So when you say parachurch ministry, I'll just... I'll leave it as parachurch ministry. A parachurch ministry is a ministry that's just outside the church. Yeah, I was... um, It's not... I I wouldn't say that uh, because the church is just the body of Christ in general, right? But a parachurch ministry is typically not connected to a local church. So they they minister to multiple church needs. Absolutely. Okay. It's its own organization, okay. whether it's a not-for-profit or LLC. Mine, Restoration Pathways, is an LLC. Um, yeah, so they're not connected to a specific local church. Another ministry, parachurch ministry that's in town, is uh, Desert Streams, which many people know Desert Streams through their program, Living Waters which is a 20-plus week program that's—I know it's been around since 91, because that's when I took it first. Um, but in this whole conversation of this this connection that's happening more and more with parachurch ministries in the local church, Andrew Kaminsky was at the forefront of that. I mean, his vision with the Living Waters program was and still is— um, it is within the local church. Wow. So he his has not come to my Desert Streams office for Living Waters. His vision is planting Living Waters in local churches. Wow. So I just want to give him a shout-out for being a forerunner in that, especially in the area specifically of men and women struggling with same-sex attraction. But his was just his was the, the model, really, of how the local church and parachurch ministries can come together. To heal God's people. I recently have, remember having a conversation about Living Waters with someone, and, and I was just talking about Living Waters, and, and we, we, we brought up the same sex attraction thing, but also he said, but it, but it ministers not just the same sex attraction, it's ministering to the whole person. Yes. It started out because Andrew's own history was in that area of same sex attraction. So when it first came out, it was called Pursuing Sexual Wholeness. So it was more focused on the uh, homosexual issues. And then it definitely morphed and grew and broadened its context over time to where it really, I would say it's about relational and sexual healing. It is about okay. wholeness wow. in relational and sexual. So absolutely. Wow. Yep, it was pivotal for me in my journey. And I'd encourage anyone to take it. You can go out to their website. I'll make sure to include that and and check that out. But um, like I said, the other trend that I am seeing, though, in Kansas City is that coming together with Christian therapists and parachurch ministries and this interesting move as well with um, Christian therapists and Christian life coaches coming together. Um, I partner with a 
Twana Clark Shepherd and her ministry, Abundant Living Legacy Life Care. And she's a professional therapist. And, you know, I come in with my, my background. I'm not a professional therapist. I would call myself an extremely trauma-informed Christian mentor on steroids. <laughs> um, and so just that... Put that on your business card. <laughs> yeah. That beautiful blend of professional therapy and just someone coming in as a life coach slash Christian mentor. So it's just this trend I'm seeing in Kansas City as well. So Christian counselors, Christian life coaches, parachurch ministries, local churches, coming together is the key. And working together and um, realizing the strengths and weaknesses of all of those uh, entities and you know, referring people and sharing resources uh, for the good of God's people. Well, thanks, Kim. It's been really great to get to know you more. We learned about Restoration Pathways, which is a women's ministry, which you started in 2020. We were able to go through uh, parts of your healing journey and learn about your testimony and just, you know, what God did for you and how you're still on a journey and you're still on a journey with God. I thought it was cool how we talked a little bit about Kansas City about how how Kansas City is uniquely equipped to minister to the emotional and trauma healing needs. We learned that it's not simple, that there are many different pieces to a person's healing journey. Is there anything else that you'd like to add today? Well, it's, you know, it's interesting because I'm like, man, I'm not even really talking about Restoration Pathways. I'm talking about all these other ministries. But to me, that's, that is God's heart. Yeah. And we were talking about receiving earlier and I've received so much from so many people in Kansas City and just the, the, the well of information and that's out there and from various streams. You know, we have people who are deeply embedded in the life model and Emmanuel prayer. We have other people with what used to be the apostate prayer, which is now transformational prayer ministry. And, and so we have all these various, Marcus Warner, um, I was on staff at a local church for about eight years and I brought in Marcus Warner from Deeper Walk probably twice a year. So a lot of exposure um, to a variety of streams as well. So I'm deeply indebted to others for my own healing journey. So I love sharing those resources with others. But yeah, for sure, if you know, you're know you wanting help with uh, sexual addiction, same-sex attraction, um, do you just feel stuck? You just feel stuck in some way. I want someone to come alongside. You know, I have over 20 years' experience in helping people, so I would just uh, love to talk and see if I can help you in any way. Well, thank you so much for for being on uh, Joy Valley today. Thank you, Nathan. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us for another Joy Valley podcast. If you'd like to contact Kim for ministry or to get additional information, please click on the link to her website, www.restorationpathways.com, which I will include in the show notes. Consider partnering with the Joy Valley Mission to have conversations with Christian ministries in Kansas City focused on trauma and emotional healing. Our partnership page can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash Joy Valley. Thank you so much. Thank you.